last session, we were looking at how God speaks, that he does speak today, and that we were covering this first, the first part of that, that God speaks through his word. So I just want to start off by reading a few verses from Psalm 19 and then Psalm 119 before we look at how God speaks through the Son, Jesus. In Psalm 119, uh, Psalm 19, verse 7, it says, The law of the Lord, that's God's word, is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By keeping them, this is the word of God, by keeping them, your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. And then he says in the 14th verse, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. When we meditate on the word and all that Jesus has done and said and how he lived, etc., we're meditating in a way that's pleasing to God, acceptable to him. And then in Psalm 119, we'll pick up and look just at verse this whole Psalm 119 is about the Word of God, so it's a good one to constantly be reviewing, reading through and getting it into your heart. But it says this in Psalm 119, 100, verse 130, The unfolding of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. <clears throat> in verse 13 it says, Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. And if we just go down and have a look at uh, verse... Um, 165, this is a very, very uh, wonderful word actually, it says this, Great peace have they who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. Great peace. I think the King James says, and, and they're not easily offended if you love God's word. And then just uh, verse 97 quickly, before I get into this about Jesus, because he's all of this. Psalm 119, verse 97, and he says this, this is what the Word of God says, how, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it day, all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more insight than my, all, all my teachers. This is because meditating on the Word, getting it into your heart, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for why I obey your precepts. I've kept my feet from every evil path so that I may obey your words. I've not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light unto my path. And so he goes on. There's no guidance like the guidance that comes from the Word of God. So look to the author and ask him to illuminate you and make you wise. Again, as I finished off last time, say, speak, Lord, 
your servant wants to hear. So let's move to the second way that Jesus speaks. Can I just say this about the word of God? When preachers or prophets or uh, people give you guidance and they say that God says, do what the noble Bereans did, as you read, if you have a look for yourself in Acts chapter 17, verses 11 and 12, it says this. They examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed what they believed, the right things. Don't believe what people tell you until you examine the scriptures. So let's move on then quickly to the second way that God speaks. He speaks through Jesus. The word made flesh, as John chapter 1 verse 14 says, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, who was what? Full of grace and full of truth. So there's so many questions are answered when we just look at him. Look to Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says, fix your eyes on him. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Uh, how Jesus did things. Look at him. As I said in, in a previous message, look at him through the Gospels. How he did things. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Have a look at how he, uh, how he did things. How he made choices. How he handled difficult situations. What he taught. Commanded. Warned about. How he lived day to day just in relationship with his 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 disciples and others. How he related to people. Examine the life of Jesus. Just wrote down two quick little examples here. When when Jesus was being manipulated and attacked and created and and criticized, he remained silent. He didn't defend himself. He didn't justify himself. He just left it to God. You can learn so much from that. Jesus speaks. He's speaking. God speaks through the Son. And then also, he didn't always explain uh, and answer questions that people asked him. He didn't feel under that pressure. And we must not allow ourselves to be manipulated and put under pressure and feel we've got to uh, give the answers that people want. Yes, we need to have that what the scriptures tell us, be, be ready to give an answer for the, the hope that we have, but not to all the questions, the perplexities, the trick questions, trying to trip us up, the false and fake attacks on Christians and the church, on life, and even on God himself. So learn from the life of Jesus. It's, that's just too broad for me to cover everything. But God has spoken through his son, and what his, how his son lived is recorded for us in so much of the New Testament. Look and interpret the New Testament through the lens of Jesus. And then we come to the Holy Spirit quickly, and our time's running on again. That, that's the third way, our means, that God speaks through. The Word, Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit. In John 16, verses 13 and 15, Jesus said this, but when he, the spirit of truth, now remember, he's the spirit of truth. He bears witness to truth, not to lies, not to exaggerations. He bears witness to the truth. 
But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will only guide you into truth. If you're wanting confirmation or some guidance that you know doesn't con correspond with the word of God or is in conflict with the word of God, the Holy Spirit will not be active in, in that situation. He will guide you into all truth. It goes on to say a little later in that verse, the spirit will receive from me what he and from me and he will make it known to you. So it's again through Jesus, through the word of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children or the sons of God. So, he guides in a number of different ways, the Spirit. He guides in a number of different ways. I want to just itemize some of them for you. He guides through the prophets. Uh, Hosea says, in Hosea chapter 12 verse 10 says, I spoke to the prophets and gave them visions and told parables through them. So God speaks through the prophets. He says in Acts chapter 13 verses 1 and 2, it, it, it tells us too the same thing. In 1 Corinthians 14 verses 29, uh, 29 to 31, he says that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. It's, that's by, by the prophets. In Acts 21, 10 to 13, he speaks to uh, Paul through Agabus, a prophet. So, so much of the Old Testament is filled with God speaking through the prophets. But the reason why so much was spoken through the prophets was because they did not have direct access to God the Father to hear from him. So they spoke, they heard through the prophets. And even Moses was a prophet. David was a prophet. And God spoke to his people through the prophets. But in the New Testament, it's somewhat different. We can go directly through, through to, directly to God. There's only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And we've been invited to come boldly to the throne of grace to, to obtain mercy and, and, and help in our time of need. We have a high priest, Jesus. He invites us to come. We can go directly to Jesus. We don't need prophets. And yet God still gives us prophets in the New Testament context. and uh, But never allow a prophet or make a prophet a fortune teller. Don't keep going to the prophets. You open yourself to danger when you, when you go to the prophets and you don't go, go directly to God. And God knows when he will... You look at the New Testament. God, People didn't go to the prophets. The prophets came to them. It's so important to understand that. They didn't go to the prophets. For, the prophets came to them. That's New Testament. So if God needs the prophetic word for you, the prophet will come to you. Or the prophecy will come to you if it's not for your prophet. So don't make prophets fortune tellers. And then secondly, God speaks through the gifts of the Spirit. You can read that from chapter uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through to 11. That he's given to us all these different gifts of the Spirit. And uh, remember this, in, in the seventh verse of that chapter, he says, Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit, th that manifestation is the proof that God is there uh, in our midst. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit therewithal. For to one is given by the Spirit, and so he tells us what these gifts are. So there's prophecy, as we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. It's a clear word. That's given, gives clear direction and clears things up. 
There's a tongue and an interpretation, as 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 5 and 13 says. So in a public meeting, if there's a tongue, there has to be an interpretation. The interpretation lets us know what the tongue was about. There's a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. And that takes away confusion, helps us to see clearly when there's a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. And it shows us how to proceed from here on. The application of knowledge. Remember this is a right moment for, for every right movement. And sometimes we try to get a movement going, but it's not the right moment. Don't jump the gun. And then the third way that God speaks through the gifts of the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, is a direct audible voice. Direct. You get you see that Moses at the burning bush. And in the New Testament, you see at Christ's baptism, reading in Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. In, in, in Acts chapter 9, verse 4, at Paul's conversion, Paul heard a voice, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's incidentally, Paul was persecuting the church. You see, when we persecute the church, we're persecuting Jesus. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? At his conversion, others didn't hear it, but he heard it. In Acts chapter 10, verse 19, Peter hears a voice telling him, go with Cornelius. Read it for yourself in Acts chapter 10, verse 19. And then in Acts chapter 13, verse 1 through to 4, Paul and Barnabas were sent by God. God said, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. While they were praying and fasting. So, even an audible voice needs the Holy Spirit, his involvement, to be, to be really heard and understood. And then the next way, the fourth way that God speaks to us is through an inner, inaudible voice. In 1, Corinthians, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 12, it talks about a gentle whisper. You know, those nudgings, those promptings that come from God, influencing our minds to right judgments in all the things where you feel that urging you to do something or not to do it. Uh, in, in Isaiah 30, verse 21, it says, whether you, whether you turn to the right or to, or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. In Isaiah 48, verse 17, it says, I'm the one who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. And of course, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 17, it says, and the Holy Spirit is the anointing. The anointing teaches you. In Romans 2, verse 15, it, talks, it says, their consciences bearing their witness. And you'll see that also in Romans chapter 9, verse 1. That in the inaudible inner voice, and moving on quickly, God speaks to us through the imagination. Ephesians 3.20 says this now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. To him the only wise God. So it goes on. See, God can paint pictures in, in our imaginations. Fill us with that blank page like of inside of us he can start to paint uh, and show us 
what he wants us to do, what, what can be. Remember that the devil can't read your mind. 1 Kings 8, 9, 39 tells us, For you alone, O God, this was Solomon speaking, that man who was the wisest of all of, of, of men, uh, he says, For you alone know every you alone know every human heart. The devil can't read our minds, so don't get worried about that. Get alone with God, submit your mind to him, including your imagination, to his will, and then ask him to speak to you. Sometimes it's good just to be still and to know that I, that he is God, as the scriptures tell us. Psalm 46 verse 10. Uh, Psalm 37 tells us, be still in, uh, before the Lord and wait patiently for him. James chapter 4 tells us in the 7th and 8th verse, submit yourselves to God, uh, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and God will come near to you. So God speaks in those some of those different ways. Just a helpful reminder when I'm talking just on this, some, some truth that, that I hope will help you. Remember this, Satan drives, God draws. Satan drives, God draws. Satan confuses, God clarifies. Satan condemns, God never condemns, not even when you've sinned. God convicts. Satan harasses. God harnesses. Harassment drives us away, makes us free. God draws us closer, harnesses us. Satan hurries us. God is never in a hurry. Satan accuses. God accepts and forgives. Satan drives. God draws. Satan confuses. God clarifies. Satan condemns. God convicts. Satan harasses. God harnesses. Satan hurries. God is never in a hurry. Satan accuses and God accepts and forgives. So that's another way that God speaks to us. Another way quickly moving on is that God speaks to us through hindrances. By things he puts in the way to stop us when we're making the bad choices or bad moves. Circumstances. It says in Acts 16.6 that Paul and his helpers were kept by the Holy Spirit from going and preaching somewhere. Read for yourself Acts 16 verse 6 and then in Acts 16 verse 7 it says the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to go. The Spirit of Jesus. So God arranges circumstances like he did with Balaam. Just a little, another helpful hint, I hope. Don't try to make everyone like you. When you're trying to get people to be like you, you end up in deception and, you, and they'll end up in deception too. And don't take, take everyone's comments personally. Toughen up. And don't allow yourself always feel that you have to justify everything you say or do. Next one, quickly moving on, I think I might have to come back and do a third session on this, is that God speaks through visions. Very much, visions sometimes are very much like a trance. Uh, right through the Old and the New Testament, God guides through visions. Peter got a vision. They play a vital role in, his, in God's guidance. Like, I'll just name a few here. Isaiah's call. Chapter Isaiah 6, in the year that, Isaiah, that King Uzziah died, 
I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple and, and, he, and the angels called holy, holy, holy. And then he hears this, whom shall I send and who will go? And he, and he says, here am I, Lord, send me. In Daniel's vision of Jesus, pre-incarnate, you read in Daniel chapter 10, verses 7 through to 11, that amazing vision. Peter's called to Cornelius in his household in, 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 in Acts chapter 11. The Macedonian call, Paul, when he saw a vision of a man saying, come over to, to us in Macedonia, in Acts chapter 16, verses 9 and 10. So sometimes the Spirit just flashes pictures across our minds. Sometimes actually we see things outside of ourselves, like Stephen did in Acts 7, when he looked up and he saw the Lord seated, standing at the right hand of the Father. <clears throat> like Ananias' call, where he actually saw something outside of himself, saying in Acts chapter 9, verses 10 to 16, to go to, to Paul. So we'll pick up on the subject in the next session. Again, I'm asking God's blessing on you all, and thank you for the privilege of sharing God's word with you. You just be blessed by God and enjoy him and let the guidance that comes from him so get a hold of you that you live a full life and love his word and love Jesus and love the way the spirit works. God bless you all.